Coming up on 5-Minute News. Senate negotiators agree outline of gun violence legislation. Zelensky says Ukrainian troops defy Russia. And Vegas, Phoenix and Denver post record temperatures amid climate crisis. It's Monday, June 13. I'm Anthony Davis. Senate negotiators announced a bipartisan framework on Sunday responding to last month's mass shootings, a modest breakthrough offering measured gun curbs and bolstered efforts to improve school safety and mental health programs. The proposal falls far short of tougher steps long sought by President Joe Biden and many Democrats. Even so, if the accord leads to the enactment of legislation, it would signal a turn from years of gun massacres that have yielded little but stalemate in Congress. Leaders hope to push any agreement into law quickly. They hope this month, before the political momentum fades, that has been stirred by the recent mass shootings in Buffalo, New York and Uvalde, Texas. In a significant development, 20 senators, including 10 Republicans, released a statement calling for passage. That is potentially crucial because the biggest obstacle to enacting the measure is probably in the 50-50 Senate, where at least 10 GOP votes will be needed to attain the usual 60-vote threshold for approval. The compromise would make the juvenile records of gun buyers under age 21 available when they undergo background checks. The suspects who killed 10 people at a grocery store in Buffalo and 19 students and two teachers at an elementary school in Uvalde were both 18, and many of the attackers who have committed mass shootings in recent years have been young. The agreement would offer money to states to implement red flag laws that make it easier to temporarily take guns from people considered potentially violent and to bolster school safety and mental health programs. And it would take other steps, including requiring more people who sell guns obtain federal dealers' licenses, which means they would have to conduct background checks of purchasers. Biden said in a statement that the framework does not do everything that I think is needed, but it reflects important steps in the right direction and would be the most significant gun safety legislation to pass Congress in decades. The agreement represents a lowest common denominator compromise on gun violence, not a complete sea change in Congress. It comes with lawmakers determined to show they are responding to voters' revulsion over Buffalo and Uvalde but with Republicans still blocking more sweeping steps that Democrats want. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said no one knows how long the war in his country will last, but that Ukrainian forces are defying expectations by preventing Russian troops from overrunning eastern Ukraine, where the fighting has been fierce for weeks. In his nightly video address, Zelensky said he was proud of the Ukrainian defenders managing to hold back the Russian advance in the eastern Donbass region, which borders Russia and where Moscow-backed separatists have controlled much of the territory for eight years. After failing to capture Kiev, Ukraine's capital, early in the war, Moscow has focused on seizing the parts of the largely Russian-speaking Donbass, still in Ukrainian hands, as well as the country's southern coast. Russian forces have been drawn into a long, laborious battle, thanks in part to the Ukrainian military's use of Western-supplied weapons.
Leonid Pesechenik, the head of the separatist-declared Luhansk People's Republic, said Ukrainian fighters remained in an industrial area of the city, including a chemical plant where civilians had taken shelter during a weeks-long Russian bombardment. Luhansk governor Serhii Haidai reported that a big fire broke out at the plant on Saturday during Russian shelling. Haidai said Sunday on the Telegram messaging app that Russian forces were still shelling the chemical plant and destroyed a second bridge connecting Severodonetsk and Lysychansk. A Luhansk People's Republic official said that 300 to 400 Ukrainian troops remained blockaded inside the chemical plant, along with several hundred civilians. He said efforts are underway to try to evacuate the civilians, but the troops will be allowed to leave only if they lay down their arms and surrender. Phoenix, Las Vegas, Denver and California's Death Valley all posted record temperatures on Saturday as dangerous heat swept across the American Southwest. The National Weather Service in Phoenix reported a temperature of 114 degrees Fahrenheit, tying the record high for the date set back in 1918. Las Vegas tied a record for the day set in 1956, with temperatures soaring to 109 Fahrenheit. The National Weather Service said there was a chance the high temperatures in both cities could rise even further. The National Weather Service also predicted 114 degrees in Palm Springs and temperatures around 100 degrees across the San Joaquin Valley and the Sacramento area. Heat was expected to extend to inland portions of the San Francisco Bay Area, but most of the California coastal zones remained free of heat advisories. Parts of New Mexico and Texas have also seen triple-digit temperatures. Heat is part of the normal routine of summertime in the desert, but weather forecasters say that doesn't mean people should feel at ease. Excessive heat causes more deaths in the U.S. than other weather-related disasters, including hurricanes, floods, and tornadoes combined. Scientists say more frequent and intense heat waves are likely in the future because of climate change and a deepening drought. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app, ask your smart speaker, or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate, and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health, and climate, delivering independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.